we have been um, focusing on faith. If you remember, if you've been here, and Captain has mentioned this morning already, and we defined faith by Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 1 says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see. And that comes from Hebrews. I'm not going to be preaching from Hebrews, but that verse, Hebrews 11.1, you might want to highlight it in your Bible or if you actually have your um, phone and you have, or your iPad or something, you can highlight that in your Bible app. I love, I love technology. Faith. All right, so we talked about faith of our forefathers. We talked about having faith in our calling. We talked about having um, the shield of faith. All right, but today we're going to take all of that stuff that we learned about faith and discover how we can put our faith into action, into action, to do something. God reveals the great faith of our ancestors in the Bible so we can learn from their example. He calls us to his service, and we need to learn how to act in faith in what he calls us to do. Now, we know Jesus was an incredible person, right? We've all heard about Jesus, right? He was the Son of God. He came down from heaven to live with us. And he did this so he can show us how to live out our faith. Jesus is the ultimate example of faith in action. Okay, so we know that Jesus was a human, right? He was human. He was born of flesh and blood just like us. He felt pain. He felt emotional pain. He felt physical pain. And we know this because when his friend Lazarus died, the Bible tells us that Jesus cried. He, he was upset about it. We know that Jesus was beaten and he was hung on the cross, and we know that he bled. And so we can almost certainly uh, know for sure that he endured tremendous pain. I don't think, I mean, I could barely deal with, you know, when I cut myself with a razor. <laughs> but, I mean, can you imagine, you can't imagine the pain that he had to endure on the cross. Jesus had a group of close friends that we know about. They hung out, they confided in one another, shared meals with each other. He experienced life like everyone else, except that he had the power of the Holy Spirit because of his faith. But guess what? Jesus said that we also can have the power of the Holy Spirit if we believe. Right? So... What does this kind of faith look like? And what can we do to apply it to our lives? How can we apply this kind of faith to our lives? So this morning, I took a couple of Bible stories that we're going to look at. There's many, many, many stories in the Bible, many that you can look at that will tell you and show you people's faith in action. But I'm going to look at three. The first one we're going to be talking about is the act of giving. And people don't always want to hear about that. But I'm going to tell you a story that was in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, if you want to look there, and starting in verse 1. Jesus is entering Jericho, and he's making his way through town. But remember, people know who he is by now, okay? So there was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. So he, Jesus was coming through town, and he was trying to get a look at Jesus because he wanted to know who this guy was, right? And he was short. He was probably like, I don't know how tall he was, but just imagine Miguel's really short, right? And, and, and uh, he's trying to see Jesus, right? So what are you going to do? How are you going to see Jesus? There's a big crowd of people. You're outside. What are you going to do? He, 
Well, he climbed up in a tree. That's easy enough, right? He climbed up in a sycamore tree. There's a little song that goes with this Bible story, but I won't sing it. Unless you're Zacchaeus was. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we're getting too excited here. All right, so he climbed up in the tree, and Jesus passed by, and the Bible says that Jesus said, Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your house today. All right, that seems kind of weird. But Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, and he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Those are two key things we need to think about. He accepted Jesus into his house with excitement and joy. Yay, Jesus wants to come to my house. I want Jesus to come to my house. But the people were displeased. This is the crowds, the people out here. You know why? Ugh, why did Jesus go to his house? He's a sinner. He's a bad person. He rips people off. Why is Jesus going to go to his house? I can imagine people saying that today. If Jesus, you know a person on the street that's really bad and doing bad things or ripped you off, why is Jesus going to go to his house? Why are you going to go to my house, right? I baked a good apple pie today. Jesus is going to come to my house. Actually, I bought it from Walmart. But anyway, <laughs> but really, the people were saying why. And Jesus, but meanwhile, meanwhile, back at Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated anybody on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Oh, man, I would want a recording of that. I'd be coming back over. Zacchaeus, you said it. Where's my money, right? But he, he was determined, and he said, I'm going to do this. And Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. All right, so let's look at this story a little bit. Zacchaeus was a rich tax collector, right? He ripped people off for a living. That's what he did, the Bible says. But we see a change in his heart once he meets Jesus. Now, Jesus, they didn't tell us the whole details. We don't know the whole conversation. Um, but I'm sure that Zacchaeus had heard of Jesus. I'm sure that he knew that this Jesus guy was performing miracles. Why in the world otherwise would he want to meet the guy, right? He wanted to see what this was all about. And when he met Jesus and Jesus came to his house, he had a change of heart. Jesus didn't yell at him or beg him to change, right? Jesus didn't say, Zacchaeus, give everybody back what you stole from them right now. Jesus didn't do any of that. But just when and he met Jesus and he knew and he felt the Holy Spirit of God, he was convicted to change his ways. And not only that, he was convicted to give back what he had stolen, but more, four times more. And the guy was rich, so he probably could do it. You know, but he had a change of heart. So this story in this part about faith shows us that sometimes our faith calls us to give something. Either it's something we took from somebody, because sometimes we do that. Um, or it's something, sometimes God, our faith calls us to give to those who are less fortunate than us. And I know a lot of us will say, but I'm less fortunate than most people. But if we really start to look around the world, we have clothes on our backs, we have something to eat, even if we're staying here in the shelter, we are provided for. There are many people in the world who are starving and who are dying and who are lost. And if anything, we in here have that they don't have, we have 
at least a curiosity for God and Jesus. You came this morning for a reason. So we do have something, and we can give of ourselves, and even if it's sharing the love of God to somebody else who's lost. So our first act of faith is giving. The second act of faith we're going to talk about is the act of doing. <laughs> and you would think that that would be like common sense, but it's not always common sense, right? So we're going to look at John chapter 5, verses 1 through 18. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 18. All right, so now Jesus was, um, he had returned to Jerusalem. It was a Jewish holiday, so they always come to Ju Jerusalem for the Jewish holidays. Always a bunch of people there. So the temple, I wish I had a, big, I wish I had a picture to show you. The temple, we, we, sometimes I would even think a temple was like, oh, this looks like this. It's not. It's huge, and this, Jerusalem's huge. It was this huge, massive, like, huge you know, like the Roman Colosseums and how big and all that? I mean, they built massive back then. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. But inside the city gate, there was all these different gates, and it was just a huge city. Well, there was one part <clears throat> near what they call the Sheep Gate, and I'm not really sure what that means. We can look that up later. Um, and there was a pool of water of Beth Bethesda, and there was five covered porches. That's what the Scripture says, right? So there was crowds of sick people, they were blind, lame, paralyzed, and they laid on these porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him, he knew he had been sick for a long time. And so Jesus went up to the guy. He was walking around over there, and he went up. He's like, hey, do you, want to get, do you want to get better? Do you want to get well? And what does the guy say when Jesus says, would you like to get well? The first thing he says is, I can't. I can't. <laughs> You know, Joey, go clean your room. I can't. No, yes, you can. You know, <laughs> go do your homework. Well, I can't, right? Um, the guy says, I can't. He says, because I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, <clears throat> stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping bag or his sleeping mat, and he began walking. All right, so we got to go back. In this day and age, this time back then, if you could not be an active part of society, you were tossed to the curb. If you couldn't work, you were no good to society. You were no good, and you had to just, you were tossed to the curb. <clears throat> so there was a pool of water in town at Bethesda that supposedly had healing properties when the water bubbled up. But you had to get into the pool, and they said there was five porches, and there was a whole bunch of, all these people were there. So this guy was like, I can't, ever, I can't get there because nobody will put me in the water, <laughs> you know? So I can't get sick. And Jesus never even told the guy, like, it wasn't even like Jesus was saying that this pool was going to heal you or anything like that. He was just like, do you want to get well? And the guy's like, well, I can't because I can't get in the water. Because that's, that's how, that, in his mind, that's the only way he was going to get was going to be healed, right? So, and Jesus asked him if he wanted to be healed. Why do you think Jesus asked him that? Why, why do you think, do, do you think that's an odd question? Do you want to get healed? Of course, why wouldn't he want to be healed, right? Who, who would say no? But Jesus was trying to see how much faith he had. And his answer was, I can't. So at the first, the, at the beginning, it's like, obviously he didn't really have much faith. Um, 
So the first step to faith is to change your can'ts into cans, right? Jesus tells the man to stand up. So if, if, he, if he says stand up, if the guy would have just sat there and just continued to say, well, I just can't do it, I just can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, would he have ever stood up? No, because he's too busy thinking I can't do this. It's like, you know, when I'm trying to help my son with his homework, his math homework. I can't do it. It's too hard. Oh, my gosh, it's too hard. I can't do it. Have you even tried it? No, because I just know it's too hard because I can't do it. You know, and then finally I start, okay, this over here. Well, I know how to do that. Why not? Well, I told you you know how to do it. You can do it. You can, you know. I don't know. I think his motivation is different. I think he just doesn't want to. But anyway, but this guy, finally, this guy did. You know, he, he just did it. He took action, and he got up. He just did it. And I guess he just figured, well, I, why? I guess I could try, right? Yeah, so that's sometimes, you know, we need to do that too. How many times have we been in that situation where God or somebody's calling us to do something? I just can't do it. <laughs> you know, I just can't. Well, why not? Well, nobody, nobody's helping me. This is what this guy said, right? Nobody's going to put me in the pool. Well, Jesus is like, get up. You can do it yourself. You don't do it. You have faith. You know, you can do it. And he did. He got up. And, um, you know, guess what? God can and he will help you as well and help us in our lives. But we have to take action. No more excuses. No more negativity. We just have to get up and go. And this man was healed by what? It was healed by his faith. And Jesus says that a lot of times in the Bible. He says, you are healed by your faith. By your faith, you are saved. By your faith, by your faith, by your faith. And Jesus is trying to get us to, to realize, I don't need, Jesus doesn't have to be standing right here physically to touch me to be healed. It is by my faith and I, my belief that I allow God and, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit in to help. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach us here. But you have to do something. If you want to succeed in life, if you, want, if you want things to go the way that you feel like God's leading you, then you have to take action. You can't just sit around saying, I can't do it. I can't because nobody else is helping me. Well, sometimes, you know what? I've had to learn the hard way. Sometimes people aren't going to help you. Sometimes you've got to help yourself. And it's not easy sometimes, but when we have God and we have faith and we're listening to God and we're tuned in, and we're like, all right, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? I mean, I've been in a situation, you know, and I had to, you know, make hard decisions. But then God was with me the whole, all the whole way. And so he wants us to get up and get going, right? So that leads us to the third act of faith this morning, which is the act of going. All right, so now we got, you know, sometimes we have to give something or give up something. We have to do something. Now we have to go. We have to go somewhere. So Matthew chapter 4 verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 25. One day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, Peter and Andrew. They were throwing their nets into the water because they were fishing for a living. They were working. So Jesus called out to them, Hey, come, follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. So they left their nets, and they followed. A little further up the shore, there was two other brothers, James and John. They were sitting in a boat with their father, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. 
They immediately followed him, leaving their boats um, and their father behind. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news of the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and the people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. He went people from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, all over Judea, and from the east of the Jordan River. All right, so in this passage of Scripture, there's some hard-working fishermen. They're making a living for their families day by day out on the Sea of Galilee. And all of a sudden, here comes Jesus, and he is calling them to come on and let's go and leave. Leave your family, leave your home, leave your career, and let's go fish for some men. Let's go save some souls. And guess what? They did just that. Now, we know from other parts of the Gospels, of the Bible, that it wasn't just like random, and Jesus was like, hey, random strangers, let's go and hang out. Go with me. Because that doesn't make any sense. Because they're like fishing, they're like taking care of their families and stuff like that. They already knew Jesus. Jesus knew them. They knew what it was about. He was about... And they probably had talked and had encounters before. And Jesus may have already been calling them before. And they may have been like, hey, I'm not going to do this. But at this moment, they finally decide to get up and go. Now, for Salvation Army officers, like me and Captain, and for missionaries that go all around and other ministers, we understand this a little better because we get called. Hey, you're getting moved, you know. Um, and we have to get up and go. So, you know, I've been, I was in Pasadena, then I got moved to Longview, and I got moved to Corpus, and then I went to Dallas for the summer, and then I went to Atlanta, and then I came to Beaumont, Lubbock, and now I'm here. So that's been a long, <laughs> but it's, you know, when they call us, we got to get up and go. But there's some other, other ministers and, mission, and missionaries who get called to countries where Christianity is not even allowed. And they risk their lives, and a lot of times they get killed for their faith. <clears throat> now, God may not be calling us into danger, but he is calling us to go. To go serve. Serve in the community. There's all kinds of ways that we can get up and go and do stuff. Um, whether you, you know, if you like animals, hey, go volunteer at the animal shelter. Um, that's God's creations. He wants us to take care of the animals. He may call you to visit the elderly and let them know how much they are loved. Because a lot of times, these, the people in the nursing homes, nobody ever visits them. Their family drops them off, or they may not have family, and they get stuck over there. And sometimes they just need someone to come and, you know, hang out with them for a little while and, and show them some love. Um, you may, you know, you might be called to help at your child's school, where you can show the love of God to those children as well. My uh, son's band, they want us to uh, volunteer for every little thing. <laughs> They got home at 2 a.m. this morning. That's why my child is not here uh, from their competition. But, you know, you can, you can serve wherever God's calling you to go. And, um, but we just need to get up and go. Ask God how you can have faith in action. Think about what kind of gifts and talents that you might have and how you can serve others. When you start to serve others, then God starts to bless you. You can even ask Julie. And, and we have such a great time at Angel Tree. And even though it seems so chaotic at sometimes it's such a blessing to be able to serve other people it's a blessing that 
you know, even though I'm not able to buy like toys for 7,000 children, I'm able to provide a, we're able to provide a program that allows people to come and we're able to work with our community. We are, we are, it's really awesome to see and work with all these corporates, all these individuals, these other churches who are passionate about helping other people and we get to be on the front lines with them to help people. You know, and that's what these girls right here that just became soldiers, this is your mission. You know, as you become a soldier of Salvation Army, your mission, in, you know, is to go. The Salvation Army is a movement. That means we're on the go. We move, not just because we move to different, I'm just meaning that we get up and we go out into the community and serve. We go and help people. We don't just come to church on Sunday morning, listen to the pastor, you know, eat a donut or something and leave. You know, we are here, and Brenda can testify, you know, as a soldier, and she's here a lot serving in, in different capacities. So there are many ways that God calls us. You may not be called to be a Salvation Army officer or a soldier, but you can be called to serve in your community, to serve those that are in need. And then you may think, well, I'm in need too, but yes, then God's going to bless you. Because I've been in need too. And, I, you know, I'm not rich and perfect. You know, I still need God, and, and God still helps and provides for me. But ask God what he wants you to do specifically. Um, you know, and also pray that you will grow closer to God as you do this. And this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, um, the altars will be open if you want to pray, um, or you could stay in your seat. But really focus on, ask God, how can you be a blessing to others? How can you serve and faith, how can you put your faith into action? And if you're going through a lot of trials and tribulations in your own life, ask God to give you peace around that and still be able to help others in the same time. So this morning, I'm going to let Captain put on some music and we'll have a time of prayer. Oh my. 
instead be strong in our faith be strong in you Lord drawing our strength from you and relying on you for all things and Lord we just we ask these things through your beloved son Jesus Christ and it's in his name that that we claim victory in these things amen <laughs> 